2: on your monday episode of locked on raptors we break down a one-in-one weekend split for a toronto raptors team that will have many one-in-one weekend splits that look like this as they continue their retooling process it's all coming up on today's show oh like because I shot i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot kind of miss. So.
0: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, February the 12th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that sucks, at Woodley WoodleySean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can join us over on the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, a pleasant, lovely Wonderful place to be among friends who like the Raptors, who want to talk about the Raptors and not be mean about it. Great spot. Link in the description. It's free to join. We'd love to see you become part of our listener community over on the Discord. Uh, Of course, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on the audio side of things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend on your app of choice. And of course, you can join us on YouTube as well every single day. Subscribe to the channel, hit the little notification bell, and it will give you a heads up every single time the show is about to premiere. You can jump into the live chat with all the freaks and sickos who are in there. And by freaks and sickos, I mean it in the most endearing possible way. I love the freaks and sickos become a freaking sicko and join us when we premiere the show live on youtube much appreciated when you support the channel as we near four thousand subscribers today's show is brought to you by linkedin linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba that's linkedin.com slash locked on nba to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right on today's show we are digging into a one and one weekend for the raptors a fun win that almost became a loss against the houston rockets on friday a loss to the cleveland cavaliers as well we'll kind of dig into my big broad takeaways from both of those games two very different games but two games i think very emblematic of what the toronto raptors are going to be about for the next foreseeable future who knows what happens in the summer but definitely down the stretch of this season This is going to be, you know, hot and cold, wins and lessons, and, you know, positive things, negative things, things that need to be ironed out. It's all going to be baked into the Raptors experience down the stretch here. All told, though, not a bad weekend. We'll get into the Cavs' loss. You know, I don't think maybe as representative of like the score, you know, as as it seems. We'll get into it. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm, obviously. But I want to start with the Rockets' game. A game where, you know, overall, you know, the sort of end of it where they give up a you know 20 plus point lead and almost blow it at the end, have a hard time closing it out and putting in the dagger. You know, that was not the best thing in the world. But honestly, I would rather see that at this point than a game where they just go and have garbage time for the last eight minutes. I know that sounds sick, but like they're not playing for anything. Why not go and try to actually have close games? I'm not saying they're trying to blow these leads, but I do think the sort of developmental benefit of having a close game and having to figure out how to close it, which they did in this one to their credit, I think is a good thing in the grand scheme of things, as much as it'd be nice to just put teams away and win by 20 every night. This team is not going to have that kind of juice. They're going to have their offensive spells where they don't score. Their defense is going to fall apart at moments. That's just going to be part of the experience here. And so uh, the way the game against the Rockets ended up transpiring, obviously, if they lose that game, you feel a whole kind of different way about it. But the fact that they closed it, that they hung on, I think is a pretty encouraging thing just in terms of the experience gained, which is really what the rest of this season is, excuse me, all about. Um, As far as sort of on-court takeaways from this game, obviously, no Kelly Olenek or Ochai in this game. They were rolling a little shorthanded. A uh, few things popped out, though. One, Emmanuel quickly was just the exact version of Emmanuel quickly that the Toronto Raptors traded for. Maybe not so much in the playmaking department, just two assists in this game as R.J. Barrett kind of stepped in and had himself seven assists to go along with Scotty's eight. It was not quickly there kind of being the orchestrator of the offense necessarily in this one. But man, was he the finisher of the offense, uh, offense a ton, right? 25 points, 9 of 19, 4 of 9 from deep. You know, nine three-point attempts, that's what you want from Emmanuel Quickly. You want him pulling up. You want him catching and shooting. You want him, you know, just kind of pulling it in the middle of transition attempts. Like all this stuff is what you want from Emmanuel Quickly as far as three-point volume. Finishes twos, much better in this game. Five of 10 as well. The floater game is working too. So a uh, really, really nice game. A plus 21 totally makes sense. Quickly was fantastic. And you're seeing the effect that him bombing away from deep has on the rest of this team. And it does seem like They're starting to get a little bit of, you know, coordination between the starters now having, you know, Yaka Pirtle back in the lineup for the last week after missing so much time and Barrett obviously being out of time and quickly, like there's just been no continuity. They're starting to finally get some continuity and that starting lineup is looking really good as a result. That's the other thing that kind of popped out from this game is the starters are just performing absolutely fantastically. And this even extended to a game that they lost by 24 points against the Cavs where the starters were a plus five in those 15 minutes. They played against Cleveland even better in the game against the Rockets. Uh, 20 minutes played for the starters, of course, uh, quickly. Trent, Barrett, Barnes, and Pirtle in that game, a plus 16 over those 20 minutes. And now in about 290 total possessions per clean the glass, uh, the overall differential for that lineup is just on the upward trajectory, a plus 10.8 uh differential per 100 possessions for the raptors starters and with gary trent jr in there uh sorry that's a plus 10.8 for the four main guys i I don't include gary in the four main guys i think we know the four main guys are the four main guys uh but with gary trent jr in with the starters 143 possessions played so about half of the total possessions played by the 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 sort of core four uh together plus 16.1 net rating with gary as the fifth guy in with the starters that is Really impressive. Again, small sample, but a growing sample at 143 possessions. There's uh, some encouraging signs going on there. The fact that they held up again, not just against the Rockets, but also against the Cavs team that otherwise waxed them on Saturday night, I think really, really encouraging. And, and look, it's not surprising that the starters have kind of hit a groove here with the return of Jakob Purtle, right? I mean, he's been really, really good. Not so much in the Cavs game. We'll get into that. But uh, in the Rockets game, 16 points, 13 boards, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 6 blocks for Purtle, who was everywhere, cleaning up messes at the back line. Obviously, very instrumental to the offense, either as a play finisher on the roll or kind of seeping into those pockets of space to get those little push shots off. And, of course, just like the screening, the passing, the ways he greases the wheels of the Raptors offense are obvious and very important to playing developmentally conducive basketball. And I think, uh, you know, it's not surprising that having him back in the lineup, getting, you know, his conditioning back after being out for a month, it's really kind of changed things for that starting five. And the Raptors are coming into these games looking competitive. Even though they lost to the Cavaliers, they had stretches of looking very competitive in that game. And a lot of that is very much due to Yaka Pertel completing the picture for that starting five. And, you know, we'll get into in the good, bad, and hmm, sort of how little they can withstand a bad Jakob Purdle game, as we saw against the Cavs on Saturday. But overall, he's been on a pretty good run of play of late and just does all the little things to tie together the lineup to make him make more sense. So those are the sort of big overarching takeaways. This is going to be the type of weekend we see from the Raptors a lot, right, where there's very good and very bad and very encouraging and less encouraging, all baked in to the same pie. It's basically going to be like when you make a pizza pocket in the microwave, maybe not a pizza, you're reheating pasta in the in the microwave. It's a real you always use a pan. What are we doing here? Don't use microwave for your pasta. But if you're going to use a microwave for convenience sake, maybe you're at work, whatever it might be. Sometimes you get those little hot pockets and those little really too cold pockets and those just right pockets. You got to kind of mix it all together to kind of get it all up to the right temperature. Uh that's the raptors right now are the big giant bowl of microwaved pasta where there's lots of inconsistency. But all told, this pasta, like there's some good stuff going on in here. You can get a pretty good, uh, you know, you feel pretty good about it. I don't know. That's a weird analogy. I don't know if it made any sense. That's fine. We'll come back on the other side and we'll get into the Cavs game, a game where the starters were good and no one else really was. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes. Oh, my God. He was fantastic in this game. We'll get into all that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals with a B, which makes the best, makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals who you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, and it's always difficult to find the time and resources to hire. I've been a hiring person at a job in my life in the past. It's a lot. It's very difficult, especially when you have other responsibilities to juggle linkedin makes it that much easier for you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba that's linkedin.com slash locked at nba to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
0: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, continuing on here with your first listen of the day. Thanks so much for hanging out here on your Monday Locked On Raptors. Just a heads up, we'll have a breakdown of the Raptors-Spurs game. We're going to record that tonight tonight. So you'll have a late post in your feeds, uh, Raptors Spurs with Vivek Jacob. You can have that for your Tuesday podcast, Early Morning Commuters Rejoice. Uh, But yeah, let's dive into the game against the Cavaliers. Look, the Cavs are really good, Uh, just on an absolute heater right now, steamrolling through their entire schedule. I didn't expect the Toronto Raptors to come in despite all the improved vibes and the play against the Rockets on the second night of a back-to-back. This was not going to be the Toronto Raptors game. Schedule loss, probably. Um, You know, they're just, they're loaded. And Donovan Mitchell is absolutely cooking right now. When Isaac Okoro is like a 40% three-point shooter, what are you supposed to do with this team? It's They're really, really good and very much deservedly in the push for the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. And so, yeah, the Raptors lost this game by a lot. The second quarter things really got away from them. The bench lineups, not that great of shakes. I, You know, the Scotty Barnes plus bench groups, not my favorite looks. I do think there will be some version of Scotty in the bench that can work for this team, just with better players, better fitting players than he had earlier in the season when he was rolling out there with Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn, etc., etc., but still, it's a pretty tough scene right now for Scotty in the bench. And just that general second quarter, just a really, really tough way to fall flat while also just getting bombarded by a steady succession of threes from Sam Merrill and George Yang and Mitchell. And Max Struess had himself a bit of a bounce back game. It's just, what are you going to do? The Cavs are amazing. That doesn't take away from the, there were some good things in this game for the Raptors. And overall, you know, I don't think the Raptors win this game either way. But I do think the result was a little amplified by the fact that they were clearly figuring some stuff out rotation-wise, working in Kelly Olenek and Ochai Baji, new lineups, new player combinations. There were a handful of possessions specifically in that second quarter where, you know, just kind of cuts at wrong times, passes going where a guy was and where he, you know, instead of where he is, that type of stuff. That all gets ironed out with more time playing together with, you know an actual practice together, which the team had not yet had, obviously, with the trades going down Thursday and then two games Friday, Saturday. That's stuff that will get ironed out, I'm sure, and the more sort of disjointed elements of that game, Bruce Brown not looking very good as the second unit point guard, all that stuff will get easier as everyone gets acclimatized to playing with one another. And I do think Kelly Olynyk in particular, is going to be someone who really makes those second units work. Um, he did for the Jazz this season. He's a very nice connective player who can play make, who can score a little bit. He's got the three-point shooting for the space, etc. cetera. Um, lots of good stuff to like from Kelly Olynyk, which we'll get to coming up in the back part of the show as well. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this game was amplified by the fact that the Cavs are on this sort of steam train run, and the Raptors were very clearly kind of, Getting back, it's been a regular process over the last six weeks, right? Of just games where, oh, okay, this is the one where they learn how to play with one another. This is like the fourth time this has happened since all of the trades have gone down, and so I'm not too worried about that. I think they'll sort of iron things out as we go forward here and, and find some connection with those second units, figure out the right blend of players to mix in with them, etc. Uh, but they didn't quite have it in this game, and you couldn't afford to not have it in this game for any stretch because the Cleveland Cavaliers just keep on coming at you. They just constantly have like all world point guard play on the floor between Garland and Mitchell. They constantly have really good big man play between Mobley and Allen. It's a really tough type of team to grapple with a team that can actually play 48 minutes of credible star driven basketball. Not an easy thing to find in the NBA, but the Cavs very much have it and they're really good. So, you know, you lose the game. All that said, boy, oh boy, Scotty Barnes was awesome. And that's the thing I'm coming away feeling good about from this one. He was Incredible against the Cavaliers. 24 points, 10 boards, 10 assists, another triple-double for him. I think that's a three for the season, maybe four. I've lost track. Um, you know, a steal a block, 9 of 15 from the field, 5 of 6 from the line, and a plus-1 in the game the Toronto Raptors lost by 24 points. He played all but 13 minutes in this game. You want to feel encouraged about Scotty Barnes? It is clearly the driving of positive play when he's on the floor, the driving of improved play over the typical standard when he's on the floor. We'll come up in just a sec. We got a number coming up in the last segment of the show that'll knock your socks off as far as Scotty's impact on improved performance for the team. I won't say impact on winning because the Raptors ain't winning, but improved performance, improved you know ability to win minutes, etc. Scottie Barnes is all over that. In this game, I, I mean... You know, the playmaking is obviously there. He's really seeming to kind of get into his groove here. You're seeing him create from the top a little bit more often, and it's not in typical point guard fashion. He's not getting a high pick and roll and getting downhill and spraying out to shooters necessarily. He's just kind of picking out dudes, right? You know, guys who are cutting under the basket, finding Jakob Pertl, getting guys who are on deep seals. Um, you know, obviously he can create from the post beautifully as well. He creates from any part of the floor super well. Transition, obviously, just beautiful easy passes to guys on the move for buckets it's beautiful offensively in this game I I mean the the Cavs are tough they're huge Mobley is there he's got the you know the defensive quicks to stay in front of a guy you've got Allen at the rim and Scotty Barnes just said no don't care and had himself a really efficient game against a very good interior defense and it's just it's so encouraging to see him kind of take the bull by the horns in this one you know, he does this thing where, you know, not many dudes can make the very best rim protectors in the league into their lunch, but Scotty Barnes routinely turns the best rim protectors in basketball into their lunch. Jared Allen, another example. I was getting shades of that game last season, the sort of first inkling of this, where Scotty scored over Brooke Lopez, you know, after scoring on Miles Turner the game before, kind of just with ease, just walking in and dropping it in over top of these guys. Happened against Allen a couple times in this game as well. It was a, a really sort of, if you're on this, Scotty Barnes is going to be the best player on a very good team bandwagon, which I think I am. I, I think I'm there. What he does as a playmaker, as a defender, what the three-point shooting has done this season, all of it sort of is suggesting this is a guy who can grow into becoming the best player on a team that is a you know perennial high-end playoff team at the very least and you know it's still going to take time to get there he's still working on stuff but this game a prime example of why the people who are bullish on scotty barnes are bullish on scotty barnes and it was a great example of the sort of all across the board leap he's made this season maybe the most startling number from this game for scotty barnes 10 assists to one turnover against that Cavs defense that's something that you circle that and say "Ooh, that's that's exciting like a lot of really good scotty barnes in this game and again played into the starters having a pretty good night overall a plus five for the starters in this game together that's fantastic uh you know in 15 minutes play together you know you'll take that right not everything on the team is going to be positive every single night you got to find little kernels here and there that you know project towards something better down the line and the starters being as good as they've been with all of the losing is a really really nice thing to see and and, you know something that's going to set a base for much more productive and successful outings down the line for this squad as well so uh, awesome stuff from scotty you know would have been nice if other guys joined him. I didn't think the starters in this game had a great game as a whole. You know, their lineup makes sense together as a group, but the individual performances were kind of all buoyed by Scotty. You know, quickly only takes four threes in this game. You don't want that. More threes, please. You know, Barrett has himself maybe his second inefficient game as a Raptor. 14 points on 14 shots. Um, Four or seven from the line. The free throws are weird from him. I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, he's been good for the most part. We'll see. Um, Yeah, you know not the best game from yaka pertle as we'll get to in a second gary Trent jr pretty ineffectual and yet because scotty barnes is there the starters have a positive night and continue to bolster the numbers and scotty himself just a really really encouraging night for those who are hanging all their hopes on scotty barnes which uh the entire toronto raptors franchise currently is we'll come back on the other side we'll round it out with the good the bad and the hmm talk a little grady dick talk a little kelly olytic talk a little Ochai Baji coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what, a, what an adventure could be? Or uh, what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is the perfect car for city drives and escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. That's pretty sweet. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. But you could also scale up the size. Maybe the 2024 Nissan Armada's for you. It'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 and first class in first-class luxury and style. Toe bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada. Marta, Armada woo, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, round right out of the show here with the good, the bad, and the hmm. The way we round out every single episode of the podcast on the heels of a Toronto Raptors basketball game. In this case, two games. So I'll pull goods, bads, and hmms from both games as a whole. Uh, my good Grady Dick against the Cavs really encouraging stuff. And and frankly, the last 11 games of Grady Dick have been, I think, enough to sort of call his rookie season a success. Frankly, we've seen him perform at a level that you hope a rookie can perform at and in some cases kind of exceed it. And that's fantastic. He is washing away the first couple months of Grady Dick panic over these last 11 games and it seems like he's only getting more comfortable, more in the flow, more sort of removed from his three point shooting struggles of summer league and preseason and the G League season and the start of the NBA season. He's on a heater now. And man, the last 11 games for Grady Dick have been super duper encouraging. Over those 11 games, 19.9 minutes of burn a night. That's great. 8.1 points 2.7 boards one and a half assists 46.4 percent from the field he's hitting those twos in addition to the threes 41 and a half percent from three point range 80 percent from the line a 60.6 true shooting percentage legitimately encouraging splits it's wonderful considering where he was earlier in the season it seems that two-week workout regimen uh again regrettably for those who don't like to exercise and stuff uh proof that exercise is good for you working out good for you i don't know if it's proof uh maybe it is either way uh outside of scotty barnes over the last 11 games grady dick has the best on off differential among rotation players on the raptors that's pretty crazy 6.2 points Per 100, better with Grady on the floor compared to when he's off. Uh, Scotty's number, I kind of teased this before. The Raptors are 23.1 points per per 100 possessions better with Scotty Barnes on the floor versus when he's off. They're still a negative team when he's on, but they are a negative team when he is off the floor, like getting absolutely demolished without him and just kind of getting regular beaten when he's on the floor. Um, so yeah, Scotty Barnes, that's a really encouraging number, but Grady Dick number two in on off differential among rotation players over these last 11 games. He is your good and, uh, hopefully more Grady Dick to come. It's been really, really fun to see him come into his own here. The bad is how little the Toronto Raptors can withstand a bad Jakob Pertle game. And look, Jared Allen is a tough matchup for most centers in the NBA. Seems like a really tough matchup for Jakob Pirtle. And, you know, similar archetype of player, just way more explosive. We saw him a couple times just turn the corner on Jakob Pirtle to throw down dunks. He just jumping in there for offensive rebounds, jumping over Jak. Like, there's only so much you can do at an athletic disadvantage like that. And Jakob Pirtle just did not quite have the juice to match Jared out in this game, which is fine. Not everyone can be amazing against every opposing center. And Jakob Pirtle's been mostly... Very good of late, but they cannot afford bad games from him. That said, to spin this into a good or some sort of optimism, the hope is that this can become a bit less of a thing as Kelly Olynyk gets worked into the mix. And I'm not saying Kelly Olynyk's going to go match Jared Allen athleticism wise, because that's not what I'm talking about. But I do think that Kelly Olynyk offers just different looks for the Raptors and more steady backup center play for the Raptors. And, you know, in his debut, 11 points, six boards, three assists, three steals, a block, uh, you know, one or two from deep. I think that's kind of a perfect encapsulation of what Kelly Olenek can bring to this team just in a one game stat line. And you can have him play next to Jakob Hurdle in bigger lineups. You can have him play. As the nominal center, although I probably prefer Kelly at the four on this team, just for size and shooting purposes, as opposed to at the five. But you know, you can play him next to Scottie Barnes as the nominal five. Like there are ways to deploy Kelly Olenek here to give the Raptors a little more insulation in that front court. And hey, a big athletic center is bludgeoning, bludgeoning you, and the Yaka Pirtle thing's not working. Okay, we can try it a different look and maybe throw a Kelly Olenek at the five and try to space that guy out and pull him away from the rim where he's causing all sorts of havoc on defense in the case of Jared Allen. And so, you know, there's just like a, a multiplicitousness that Kelly Olynyk's arrival on the team brings to the front court combinations that Darko Ryakovich can use. Jonte Porter had a nice game Friday as well. So I don't think he's going to be totally lost from the equation either, but uh, you know, he can play with Kelly Olynyk too. It might be a slow kind of ripe for the picking front court defensively, but can also both shoot threes and stuff. So maybe there's something there either way. Kelly Olynyk, I think has a chance to turn this bad into something that they can kind of avoid a little bit more going forward just because there's a different look there at the 5 if Jakob hurdles not having himself a nice night because of the matchup or whatever. Uh the hmm from this game to round it all out is just, you know, kind of watching abaji's first game on Saturday and wondering where it all works out. It it's been a bizarre couple of years for him. He's been playing for this sort of up and down, we're good, we're selling, we're we're we're, we're winning, we're tanking, Utah Jazz team loaded guard depth on that team or just like a lot of guys sort of eating up those minutes so he's not gotten a ton of runway to go and figure out what he is and you know I think Blake Murphy had the stat on the Raptors show last week that Abaji is uh the guy who has like averaged the least amount of dribbles in the NBA or something along those lines very low touch time doesn't do much with the ball when it comes to him outside of shoot threes and he's not like a great three-point shooter, right? From the corners, he's had some really hot stretches and some really cold stretches. He's never really done much from above the break. And I, I still think it's there's a lot to be determined here about where Ochai is going to fit in to what the Raptors are doing. You know, I think in a darker Ryakovich offense, you got to be able to put the ball on the deck a little bit. you got to be able to make the next play, the next pass. And I, I frankly just, we don't know if Ochai Abaji has that in his bag yet. He hasn't really been asked to do much of it. He's still very young. I do think there's some juice there, kind of putting the ball on the ground and getting to the rim. He had that one pump fake in the corner against the Cavs where he pumped, drove, and then had the beautifully fit strong and one finish. That's the type of stuff that you can get more of that if you can make Ochai Abaji a downhill threat. I think it might have been Jack Armstrong. Maybe it was Alvin Williams on Friday talking about the trade. Some of someone on the Raptors broadcast kind of invoked norm powell's name with ochai abaji which i don't know if i'd quite go there maybe early norm um but even that norm was just such an explosive driver that it's hard to find anyone with that kind of first step but if abaji can be a bit of a downhill threat sort of add that to his repertoire a bit, a bit like that is going to make him a more viable player in a darker rayakovich offense you can't really have someone in the offense who's not making the next read not able to make a dribble or two to make the next play in the sequence of plays to build up the advantages over the course of a possession you can't really this is why i think gary trent jr doesn't really fit into the raptors scheme all that much Is because he doesn't really advance plays he just kind of finishes them which hey like you need that too but i I don't think abaji is like the shooter that gary trent jr is maybe never will be and so there's got to be a little bit more in terms of connecting via a move or two uh in Abaji's repertoire again it's a hmm because i just have no idea we'll see there's some intriguing stuff there 5 from deep in this game it's not always going to be that bad obviously um but we'll see it's been a a strange season for Abaji, a great start very much out of the jazz rotation or at least not really in their sort of plans over the last little while not part of their offense basically at all when he has played I'm curious to see how they sort of, you know, what, what, what they identify sort of developmentally as the things Ochai needs to work on to become a fit within a Darko system. And obviously the coaching staff will have a much better handle on the, of that than I will after one game of watching him in Toronto. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think that's uh, going to be an interesting developmental story to watch. And there's lots of those on this team right now. It's fun. there's cool. It, there's lots of guys kind of working on stuff, working on their package, and seeing what they can add in and layer in over the course of time. And Oche Abaji, no exception to that. And we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We'll be back again tomorrow as we break down Raptors-Spurs. We're going to record it late tonight, so the episode should be in your feeds. Uh, at least on the audio side of things, for sure. Late at night, we'll probably do the video in the morning just because more people are watching YouTube in the morning than in the wee hours. But either way, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the support. Again, you can find the show for free rip you get your podcast. If you want to go to YouTube, help us push towards 4,000 subscribers. That would be awesome. Even if you're just an audio listener who doesn't watch the videos, just go to YouTube and subscribe. And I'll, you'll be my best friend forever. I love you. You don't have to watch the videos. I just ask that you, uh, you know, put them on in the background and run them all day long to juice the stats. Either way, thank you very much for supporting the show. Really appreciate uh, those who tune in. And we will back again on Tuesday to talk about Raptors, Spurs. Until then, thank you so much. Bye bye. <laughs>